0: series one episode one of the Wembley Way podcast I'm Tom I'm here with Nick hello hello um so what is the Wembley Way podcast um it's a weekly football fan podcast uh, discussing the English Premier League and the England national team we thought going into the Euros well how long have we got now <laughs> six months
1: mm.
0: um that we thought would be quite cool to start a conversation now following the EPL, but also as we progress, get close to the uh, summer tournament, we start talking more and more about the national team. And we kind of, well, no one else seems to be doing it, do they, Nick?
1: Well, yeah, I think um, obviously it is early to start talking about England and squads, but but there's uh, it's still going to come around quickly and um, Southgate's going to have to pick his squad soon. So um, it will be interesting a few months in the lead up and uh, we're going to get in there early.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I think every episode is going to be like, focus on the EPL that week. But then towards the end of the episode we then divert to the england national team um discussing england youth players um, but also the england squad um on the on the website um thewembleyway.com we have a power rankings page where we kind of list all players within the england national pool and we kind of allocate for goalkeepers defenders midfielders and strikers a certain amount for each role in the team and as the EPL progresses this power rankings table changes players progress up towards the top rankings of for example the goalkeeper list or down out of the squad um, and not on the plane as it were so yes I'd say we're going to talk about that at the end of the episode and to keep track on of rather the power rankings page on the uh, the Wembleyway.com website Uh, something to look forward to and watch progress as we get close to the summer tournament. All right, wicked. So let's start. First uh, thing I want to talk about is this week's best and worst. What have you got, Nick?
1: It's a tricky one. I've got I've got a few things in there. Uh, I think I know what you're going to put for best, so I've chosen another <laughs> one. Um, so I'm going to go with the the brawn assist um, for Stones' first goal uh, yesterday against Palace. Um, the reason I've gone for this, it was obviously just an outrageous ball with the outside of the foot to cross into Stones like that. Um, but not just the ball alone. I think also the two hours that preceded that was Bruno Fernandes. Um, was he rested yesterday? I think he might have been rested yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. or, or did he? I can't remember he played and he was <laughs> absolutely uh, non-existent. But all the arguments recently about who's the best player in the Prem and, and things like that. And you've got you've got Bruno Fernandes against Kevin De Bruyne. And, and, and although Bruno Fernandes hasn't been brilliant uh, since last January for a year now, De Bruyne is in another league. And I think that ball just epitomised it where on a day where Fernandez struggled again against a big team uh, De Bruyne, ping that ball in, start off the first goal for City and uh, and, and put them on their way.
0: I always think it's funny, you, no longer can a player just be good. They have to be either the worst player ever or the GOAT.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's just, that's just, that's and with Bruno Fernandez, yeah. Man. Yeah,
0: everyone it, thinks it's... Bruno Fernandez is up there. Don't get me wrong, he's a very good player, but still yeah, got a lot to prove to be anywhere near De Bruyne. Yeah, um, and others in the league.
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed. What's, What's your worst? Oh, my best. Oh, we my best? oh right. your well, best or my worst? Yeah,
0: let's do my let's do my best. Yeah, this is our go. first time. We're getting there. Uh, my best, uh, as you guessed, um, is Ndumbelé's finish for Tottenham's third yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. It a cross. It wasn't a cross. Uh, <laughs> let me describe <laughs> it first, and then we explain why it's definitely not a cross. So um, yeah, uh, Bergwijn picks up the ball. Pff, I don't know. 10 yards uh, from the, the box and kind of spoons it over the last man to a running uh, Numbelé. Ridiculous angle. Um, I don't think anyone expected him to try and shoot. Um, he hooks it with the outside of his right foot, even though the, the balls kind of to his left, so he's really kind of like got his body round and hooked it with his right foot and effectively clipped it over the keeper from like a, diagon, a diagonal angle and hitting the far post, bottom of the far post as well. Literally just the bottom of it and then it clips uh, behind the line ridiculous goal Um the reason I think it was a shot is because he does briefly look around uh, behind him as Bergwine scoops over um, over his left shoulder I think left or right shoulder my point being is when he does that I think uh, Reggie uh, Regrion, he's so deep um, he's I think just in just inside or maybe even outside of the box and so I think he's nowhere near um the action and I think it does look like he would be nowhere near the action even if he did clip a ball in as a cross and, and that's why I think and also the power he he, he hooks it with uh, I think yeah for me definite shot um so I've heard someone to tw- someone on Twitter some people on Twitter um suggest that he's probably just trying to get into a space for maybe you know he's probably assuming Kane's going to be there because Kane's always there uh that's a good shout as well but I think yeah especially that guy he's like flair is outrageous like if anyone in the team was going to try it it would have been in done better, and that's why i think he's he's uh he's definitely meant it i think it's a Puskas nominee
1: uh well, it, can't, it can't be worse than the last one
0: yeah you're having a laugh
1: aren't you? to be what, fair the, I, I... One, the one where we ran unchallenged right <laughs> that one. That one. so that about... that his goal a few weeks ago is better than son's goal against burnley the one the puskas award
0: so I was at that anyway. match. Anyway, i do hold on, I was at that match behind the goal. Um I don't even mean that, it's kinda of like if you was, you just just kinda of run in a straight line and talk about yeah. touch the ball about three times yeah. and then shoots. Um it's just like an
1: analogue stick on FIFA, just like kept bashing that forward.
0: It's one of those where like it looks unreal, but if one of those players just a yellow card, it's over. Like the goal's over, isn't it? Yeah. Like you, you yeah. could take him out. I mean, there's a defender on his tails. uh if I think it just outside the box, you think you just take him out, get mm. yellow. Yeah. Uh and he didn't, and it was the cast winner. Yeah. All right, so uh, your worst for, for this week, Nicky.
1: For what it's worth. I agree. I think, uh, and the relay's goal was outrageous, and it was a shot, not a cross. Definitely um, worth it. it definitely good. not a shot um, as well. So, I but, mean, it
0: definitely was a shot. <laughs> You've confused me.
1: Oh, we changed soon. My my <laughs> worst this week is um is Paul Tierney, uh, the referee yesterday of um of the uh the, the much a uh, big duck match of uh, United against Liverpool, which didn't didn't live up to ex- expectations. But um, I don't know if you noticed, but at the end of the first half, there was one minute added on and the ball fell, I can't remember who it was to now, might have been Shaqiri or someone like that, uh, in midfield. And there was 45 minutes and 54 seconds played. So there was still six seconds to go. Hmm. And he lofted the ball over the top, uh, through to, Mane was one and one, and he blew the whistle for half time. I saw this. So it was five minutes, five, five seconds or six seconds early which obviously isn't a lot. And I agree with people on, on Twitter and other people commentating on it that, that, um, that the defenders did sort of half-stop. But why is he doing it? It's, it's the yeah, one yeah, thing. Like, insane. all VAR at the moment and offsides and tackles, so much is <laughs> subjective. It's the one thing that's completely objective in football is that that minute I added on is a minimum of one minute. Why? I don't get it. It's under Portina's control. It's entirely entirely him to decide that. And for some reason, he just pulled up early. It must have just been a complete mistake or so i don't really know what's going on but it's just i think it just about sums up the uh competency of the referees in our country To be the, honest,
0: the best thing about that and and it always happens when a uh a referee makes a mistake like that i another one would be like not given advantage or something when like someone's clear on goal it oh. happened the other day against spurs against Burnley's his son gets through and he's already blown up is the face of the referee he knows he's made a mistake but he has because he knows like the uh the adjudicator is probably watching him yeah. He, uh, he he it's has to look like, like really cocksure. So yeah. yeah he's like nope. Yeah. Yeah yeah. No, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh you know uh good call by me but um no nah, yeah. uh you're right 100 and the clop like sarcastic clapping as well which to be fair i don't like uh, oh well i'm not a massive fan of that sarcastic kind of like, he always likes whether he loses or something goes his way it's always like a massive grin and a sarcastic clap. Lack of grace, I, I, might, I might, I should suggest, but... Uh, yeah, entitlement to win, I think. Yeah, but then there's that mentality which makes it so good as well when he installs it in the players and they, they walk out there and Liverpool players and fans did anyway have that self-entitlement, you know, perhaps justified with their previous success decades ago, might I add. But yeah, he does install that belief in the players and... which to we'll get I many he fans might... here, aren't we, Tom? What's that?
1: We're not going to get many fans here, are we, if we keep talking about Liverpool and United like this.
0: As well, I did think that, but well, I was going to say something bad about Klopp, and then I was like, oh, should I? And then went, oh, fuck it, I will. Uh, <laughs> all
1: right, all right. Well, to get Liverpool fans, as you know, to get Man United fans back on side, I'm going to say that I, I doubt Mane might not have scored that, and it might not have had any impact on the game. But it's just such a simple thing that was in the control of the referee, and he, and he cocked it up. So uh, that was my that was my worst.
0: My worst isn't football related in the sense as it's not um gameplay as such but Mm -hmm. rather this whole thing around players not being able to celebrate um so it's not i i i think football probably should be cancelled we shouldn't be playing through a pandemic anyway probably i mean let's have it right if we can do it safely then maybe however it's the journalists writing that or bringing it up for example or there's tweet tweeting about it there's the bbc i think bbc uh news at 10 did a piece on it but it's the same the same people um uh what's the word uh, broadcasting it um are at the ground and they don't have to be at the ground either so it's like a it's a hypocrisy isn't it you've got all these yeah. journalists at the ground watching the game and saying oh they shouldn't be celebrating hugging and stuff but well, they shouldn't be yeah. at the ground do you know what I mean there's a, there's a hypocrisy there i think it, it's just daft isn't it i think if we're going to commit to football being um, something we, we continue as to like entertain the nation, as they said, fine. Cause the money's certainly there to try and do it safely at least. Um, then you've got to allow them to celebrate. Cause they're also allowed to do 50, 50 tackles during a match. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They also, also getting on the coach prior to the match and training all week with their teammates for me, that's, uh, my worst that week.
1: Exactly. I, I would agree on that. I think it's, um, one minute you're, you're sitting on a bench. Two meters away from your teammate with a mask on, and the next minute you're you're in a corner or in a change room or, or a training ground, right next to that person without a mask. It just doesn't make sense. And and the celebrating, I, I do I do think um, there are occasions where players can probably use a bit of sense and go. Actually, I'm not going to sort of hug this person completely or whatever. I, I don't mean immediately after a goal, think that's really difficult to control. But like sort of after the final whistle, you got you got. Players and opposition teams who are from the same countries sort or of, their arm over each other, whispering into each other's ears and shit like that, and and, and that that can be stopped easily. Um, but but by no means should football be targeted for the spread of coronavirus because it's uh, completely <laughs> completely not the issue at the moment. So um, I, I agree with you on that one as well.
0: There you go. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, I think we can have a general chat around the title race. I think we uh, we won't do this every week, um, but such as is the tightness of the race, um, we might as well cover it. Um, we've, we've got about, what, what's the current spread? Uh, I think, I think Chelsea, are in eighth?
1: Chelsea, I say we're, I'm a Chelsea fan. So we're 7th, Southampton 8th, <laughs> um, but then if you include they Southampton they're on the same point as West Ham in ninth. so go. I don't know, where, where do you, where, where, do we stop Villa what? in 10th, in Arsenal
0: 11th. I, we won't go every, for every team. I think it's just, uh, pick out some, uh, some yeah. points around some teams and maybe end with United um so what's happening with Chelsea at the moment
1: um we're just not playing that well I'd say um the the signings in Werner and, and Havertz have caused a bit of an issue in, in that um the first one that, that for me is the most problematic is, is Werner um and I don't really mean the missed chances that he has I mean, he had one the other day against Fulham right at the end where he could have slotted it away and that's sort of his bread and butter but it's more it's more his all-round play he doesn't he doesn't look like he's um He's, he's a very good footballer at the moment. His first touch, uh, he's passing, his awareness, he's, he's, he's pressing, um, he's just pretty basic. Um, and then Havertz, so I think, has been unlucky, So I think he started relatively well, and then he's had this bout of coronavirus, and, and apparently he had quite bad um, symptoms after that as well. So I think he, his has been a bit more unlucky. Um, but yeah, I think short, short of confidence, we've had injuries in, in the wide positions, uh, but no excuses. I just don't think we've we've been consistent enough uh, so far and that's why I don't I don't think we'll we'll be uh challenging for the title. I think I think top four is, is where we need to be looking at, um, especially given how tight it is and the strength of the teams in that in that top four at the moment. So um yeah, I, I would at this stage I don't think we're gonna be anywhere up there. But saying that we've got a lot of quality in the team and squad, so if we pull a run together, like we've seen, any team if you win sort of Five out of six, six out of seven, things like that, you're back, you're straight back in it. So um, you can't really discount anything at the moment.
0: Yeah, I'd say similar about Spurs, really. I don't consider us in the race. If I'm honest, I never really did. I enjoyed it whilst we were up there. I'm a Spurs fan, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> being behind the goal of Sun's uh, P- Puskas, uh, gave that away. But um, yeah, so I think obviously we've signed pretty well. Fan. Yeah, um, could have been. Thankfully not. <clears throat> Uh, no, uh, as I'd say, um, yeah, I think we we started obviously really brightly. Um, but I, I think, uh, as I think you said in the past, um, it was, we were being saved by the crazy, um, conversion rates of Kane and Sun. um, that's slightly slowed up, especially Sun. he's missed some, uh, one-on-ones in the last three matches, um, and that's, um, I think, yeah, p- partly down to, uh, so that uh, being one of the bigger issues we have at the moment with the results um, we've experienced in the last few weeks. Um, Another issue I think is the way Mourinho has set us up, it's such that the defence really can't make a single mistake all game. Um, You effectively score early and we have done, we've been quite quite successful at that throughout the whole season, hasn't really stopped that, but the way we play is to obviously um, surrender the ball and encourage them to uh, play on us. And them having the ball isn't necessarily them in control, being the opposition, but rather um, Mourinho's opinion is that we're in control of just nullifying anything they throw at us. The problem is um, any mistake uh, the defenders make uh, often um, opens the door up to a quite um, high XG chance, if you will, expected goals chance, i.e. a good quality Ooh. chance. And I think um, we've seen that. Um, Recently, um, finally, in the last few weeks, come to bite us um, with Ofti Fulham, uh, Wolves, these set pieces that we're, we're giving away late uh, due to the pressure that the, these opponents are mounting on us. I do think, however, looking bright for Spurs vans with these, um, the line-up and formation that Marino put out against Sheffield United, that maybe against those lesser teams, uh, no disrespect for Sheffield United, that he will play slightly more expansive. um will play maybe this five at the back, which obviously on the surface seems defensive, but it's not because if you haven't, if you've got the ball, it turns more into a three at the back with the wing backs pressing on Reggie being uh, regularly on being very talented. And as, as I said earlier, I was on Ndombele's shoulder off the last man for that, for his goal, uh, last week. That's how, um, pushed forward was, uh, yeah, uh, Reggie it's was. As well, didn't
1: he? Uh, who's that against? Was that... Yeah, combat. Fulham
0: late when uh, Sun was just offside. In the areas um, of Ferris man forward. Exactly that. So and he's very capable. Um, Aurier, um, great um, physical attributes, and has got a good crossing in when he's got good enough, t- good enough. Uh, t- uh, sorry, when he has enough time on it. But um, technically, is slightly limited. Reggie has t- uh, te- technical ability in abundance, and yeah, so the more he can get the ball and um, knows uh, in that last third, the better. And as I said, with that formation, that can happen. And also, uh, another consequence of that is two in the middle, and that's Hoybier and then Undembele sitting um, together in a two, which means Ndombele is deeper, where he's much better. So everyone thinks, assumed, because he's a very gifted, very ski- skillful player, he will be a uh, better pushed towards a Kane and Son in, in attack. That's wrong. He's actually very, very good at receiving the ball when he's crowded, um, and he can wriggle out of areas. Um, with with maybe even two, two or three people around him and then suddenly we're on the counter and that's when he pays that ball forward to uh a, a son of kane who consequently are open um so the deeper he is um in the in the middle of the park uh the better he is at wriggling out of it and then expo- what's the word committing multiple um members of the opposition
1: let around that for initial press isn't it
0: that's right the initial press breaking through and then suddenly we're wide open that's where he's best so uh, anyway so if uh, long story short if yeah if Jose can commit maybe to that formation with to the lesser teams then we have a shot um to make the top four <laughs> i don't think we're doing anything else um because we we will be um dropping points i think just choose the lack of uh, quality in defense really maybe a cb could help um we got liverpool next and that's a huge game if we beat those then who knows we might start believing again but nah I don't good time so. to climb. And on that note, Liverpool, they're just, I think, crippled by injuries. I think if I had um, Van Dijk, um, Gomez at the back, then obviously Fabinho and Henderson pushes forward again. And then with Thiago Thiago, around them, then suddenly they're they're even stronger than they were last year. So I think it's just crippled by injury. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. People talk about, oh, they've got two centre-backs missing. And it's not just that. It's the fact that at the moment, Henderson and and Fabinho having to drop into centre-back, which basically takes away, Well, you can argue argue, Thiago has only played, what, six league games. But you take away essentially their two best midfielders in there as well so it's, it's, it's sort of double whammy um I do think sort of Salah Firmino Mane probably less so Mane but the other two are definitely misfiring at the moment well it's not just it's not clicking for them there's been a couple of times where they get the ball high up like they usually do and they sort of ping it into the other one one two or it little flick around the corner and the other one run onto it it's just not it's not coming as instinctive to them as it usually does but um, I think that that's just sort of usual, isn't it? They haven't scored for a few games, so things tightening up. Um, I, I noticed as well the fullbacks are doing things a bit slower. Maybe it's because there's, there's less activity around them and less movement, but usually Trent and Robertson are just firing things in first time, getting up the pitch really early and, and, and delivering quickly. But it seems to be taking an extra touch, which just lets the defences settle and sit in and defend against them, which probably one of the reasons why they haven't, haven't scored for, for, for three or four games now, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I still see Liverpool as um, as very much up there, and, and uh, I think as a, as a, as Matip comes back, which releases probably Henderson into midfield again, a bit more urgency in there. I think they'll be um, they'll be there or thereabouts. I think whoever finishes above Liverpool will probably win the league. To be honest.
0: Well, then let's answer that question or attempt to. Obviously, Leicester City and United. Um, I'm conscious of time. If we just consider the two Manchester clubs. City, of course, uh, slow start to the season combined with playing less games for the majority of the season than most people. Um, they're catching up now, um, as is their points tally. So, what do you think about City? I think personally, at City are probably going to win the title. I think the they were they had a, well yeah I do. I think they they were struggling to score earlier on um they're still playing fluidly i mean in the same way that pep always plays it's kind of like every player knows exactly what they're doing they're playing patterns very deliberate patterns on the training ground and over time um it just um, wears the team down until they just pass it across the bar uh across the goal and then someone and sterling's at the back post it's that you know they, you can see it week in week out with man city and it wasn't really happening at the start of the season but it appears to be now um coming together especially um stones has turned up um again um <laughs> like, had a good a couple of weeks um advanced. yeah um i do think so i think with the if obviously the talent there they've also spent billions and obviously eventually that's um probably work out over a course of a season uh, that quality of squad i do think so i think there will be i mean obviously if they win their game in hand at the top anyway um and i i do think Obviously, they had that slow start, but because they've had a less, they had played less games for various reasons, I think it was like a, a what's the word like uh, they've kind of gone quietly, and no one's really noticed yeah. how good they are, and that they are probably still the favourites very much. So, what do you reckon?
1: Um, yeah, I said I would do when you started speaking because normally we disagree on everything, and uh, and I completely agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think they're, they're favourites. I think they will win it. I, um, I think that slow start coincided with one missing pre-season and the start of the season. With COVID, um, and lately he's been just been absolutely unplayable. I think he just makes them tick in midfield, uh, he, he connects them midfield and attack so well. And I do think that in the past, City uh, have been free flowing, attacking football, scoring lots of goals, breaking records of the amount of goals they're scoring and points. This season, yeah, it's not been the same. They've had Aguero and Hazus out injured, obviously, but it hasn't been the same. But they've definitely shored up that back four um, with, with Diaz and Stones being a really settled partnership. Uh, I think they've conceded. I read something earlier. They've conceded six goals in their last twenty games in the Premier League, um, which is the least by any side over a period of twenty games since Chelsea in o four o five, when when we conceded fourteen goals, I think, or thirteen goals um, in the Premier League all season. So that's sort of the over a span of twenty games, which is a reasonable um, sample size that they're defending as well as as well as that that Jose team in o four o five. So I think at the moment that's. That's probably what's going to win the league if they can carry that carry that on and nick the odd game by uh, by one or two goals. I think I think they're they're, they're definitely favourites.
0: And obviously that's at the expense of Man United. Um, yeah. I think obviously I can't remember how many weeks ago it was, but they were sitting second half of the table, um, and their form mm. of late has been outrageous. Championship winning form, to be fair. But uh, you wonder how long it will last. I I tend to think. They've had some, I think they've had games that could go either way um, mm. and, yeah, it's, and, and, and yeah, and everything's landing from it at the moment, which is fine. I mean, that happens as well. Uh, they could actually start properly playing well. And then suddenly they've, you know, during the rough patch, as it were, they've had a good set of form yeah. anyway. So, um, and that's when they're real contenders. I think um, obviously they've thrown a lot of money at that team. And I think when players, eventually, players at Pogba can do anything and make something out of nothing, um, obviously, he missed miss from close range uh, at Anfield the other day, yesterday. Um, but he's an, an absolutely outrageous player. Um, players like Rashford, similarly, um, very talented. Although, always have my doubts when he's one on one. But obviously, yeah, he's coming on leaps and bounds every year. Rashford now into a top top striker. I, I just think they're gonna. I think I think they're becoming they're coming fourth <laughs> behind <laughs> Spurs and uh, uh, Spurs, City. Liverpool, Liverpool, City as More champions. Yeah, that's what I, th- oh, no, I think Leicester fifth. Uh, <laughs> or no, I think Chelsea fifth. Chelsea, I'm just looking at the table now, really. I'm making a guy long, if I'm honest. But uh, yeah. I do think, you know, I think over the course of the season, it's, it's between Spurs and United for third and fourth, as opposed to City and United for one, for first and second. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, where yeah, are we yeah. exactly yeah, now? So, so
1: United are in the top four race?
0: I think they're in the top four race. I don't think over the course of the season, the rest of the season, I think you'll see them slightly fall away. Don't get me wrong, they've, they've been playing very well recently. Um, I hear you've got a uh, an opinion that you wanted to uh, stress about United.
1: Well, it's, it's along similar lines, but I think it's just a case of, it, it's sort of, is is Ollie doing a good job or not? Of course, he's doing a good job. They're top, but like you said, they've spent billions over the years, and actually, they've got they've got a quality starting eleven, um, and possibly a quality sort of twelve or thirteen in there, um, which are basically saving them or, or not saving them, but but pushing them up the table at the moment and, and putting them into first. It's just the quality of player, and the reason I say that is because you look at the games they've won this season, and we've got. Games like Brighton, Newcastle, West Ham, Southampton, Everton, Sheffield United. In all of those games, they went behind. And the players just sprung into life by from one moment, one goal, one one little moment. I think West Ham, one that springs to mind, is the ball that went definitely went out of play, but VAR couldn't give it. And then they went on and scored from that. And that was their first goal. And they went on to win the game when they were playing absolutely diabolically before that. I think for me, that springs to mind that they're not, they're not set up to, to play well. I don't think they, they, they're they cohesive as a team. But as soon as they go behind, they're saying like, well, we've got nothing to lose. So we have to start playing. Uh, and, and then they win those games. And again, showing that there's, there's some other games in there. So Wolves, West Brom and Burnley. Those three games, they won 1-0 all, all relatively late on, all second half at least, goals. And I think that that's, again, it's 0 nil Oh, crap, we draw into West Brom here. We draw into Burnley here. We need to do something. We've got nothing to lose almost because we have to win this game. And then... That literally leaves two games this season in the Premier League that they've won, other than those games I've just listed. So I just think that they've been lucky in the games they've they've fallen behind in, uh, and the quality of their team has got them out of a bit of a mess. And I don't think that can continue all season. And that's why I think they they will fall away, and and City and Liverpool will finish above them, and and they'll be in a top four race. I'm not saying they won't they won't finish in the top four. I think they probably will, um, but not title contenders for me
0: we keep agreeing don't we oh. never, never usually agree uh about well it's because you could be arguing about chelsea and spurs i think otherwise
1: yeah we yeah. have to put them on the agenda
0: <laughs> <laughs> var we want to discuss VAR. i think um the issue i had uh which i wanted to raise um obviously var's a shit show anyway <laughs> but um was the handball rule and the fact that that's changed throughout the season? And a general question: to you really? Didn't that was fair? So just to shape this question, obviously the start of the season, it was a joke. Um, every week, every game, nearly uh, there was a crazy decision where a quite clearly an undeliberate handball um, was penalised and consequently a penalty. They realised. Um, quite quickly that this couldn't continue, and has since ch- changed the rule. And even linking this back to Man United, Man United in the last three weeks alone have had numerous um, well, occasions, if you will, where it's hit, it's hit an arm. I can think of a, a Harry Maguire being one of them. Um, and and you, you seem to wonder, like, do Spurs miss out on points against Newcastle? Um, and it's those points that can make the difference. And it, should rules be changing mid-season, um, when they can affect games and points and league, uh, standings as drastically as penalties and VAR does.
1: No, but it had to, uh, you said it yourself, there was some crazy decisions and and stupid, stupid penalties have been given away. And obviously the one you probably six in your mind is the die against Newcastle one, Yeah. Um, but there was a few more as well. Uh, I don't, I don't think it should have rules should be changed mid-season, but I think it had to. I think it was just so ludicrous some of the things that were being given. Um, In terms of integrity, it's difficult, it's unlucky, and it's lucky for some. It could have been the other way around. And that's. I think that's the only thing I would say is that every team had, near enough, probably the same amount of fixtures, but um, United and City, I guess, who had one less at the time, uh, because of the late start. But every team had the same amount of fixtures, and and it could have gone either way in those games. Obviously, like you said, some teams would have dropped points because of it, and some teams would have gained points now because it, the rules changed. Um, but for me, what's far more concerning is the, is the general ge- general uh, rules of VAR and how it's causing inconsistencies, um, which I can't come on to. But I'll let you say your piece on the, on the integrity and rule change midway through the season
0: first. I, I think I'd agree that it had to be changed. It's more, the question was more, the fact that everyone had played the same amount of games does that save it i mean or or did, but rather the fact that teams have suffered from it and other teams got away from it got away with it rather didn't it didn't impact them during that same period of time and then seemingly they benefit from the rule having been changed later does yeah. that um mean it's not what's the word? not fair i guess <laughs> to put it bluntly yeah. um, I don't know. I agree it had to be changed, but it does fuck me off when when you see these instances, these actions occur and you're like, yeah. "We've it cost us points at the start of the season. And if has have a shit show, I have to reuse the phrase I started the, with. The rule
1: change was was pretty soon after the Spurs one, wasn't it? I think. I it, was the... yeah. it was
0: immediately after. It's the same.
1: Which I suppose, I, I, I was just going to say that, that at least as a Spurs fan, it's, um, it's usually something that happens after a Liverpool game or, or like a Man United game. So it's pick on these teams again where like something happens that's unjust to that team, and then the Premier League or the FA or or PGMO referees people just start to change something because of that. So I guess you can feel honoured that at least uh, this time it was Spurs being um, fucked over that, that caused that. uh As a as a silver lining. Honoured,
0: <laughs> taking the piss and yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but there was ones where I think it was like Crystal Palace or something like that got one earlier on the season, and that was just as bad. Um, I might not pace, I can't remember now. But there's one, there's one to a, a lower, um, lower position team uh, in the league, and and nothing was done about it after that. And it was just just as ludicrous decision. So obviously, um, I guess they're taking up taking note when when it happened to Spurs.
0: Yeah, just it's just really frustrating. I think for a lot of but of, of the Spurs fans because obviously something very similar happened. Um, after yeah, the Champions, on, oh, no, the oh, Champions League final. The Champions League final. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they yeah. added this rule. They 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 brought they introduced the rule of if, yeah. of rather it hitting at any hand in the box Oh, uh, sorry any attacking attacker's hand uh, or arm in the box it's a, a penalty no matter what. So no no context, no uh, no question of whether it's deliberate or not. Um, obviously within like two minutes Mane clips it into Soko's shoulder might I add. And shouldn't shouldn't have been
1: pointing really, should
0: I? Players gonna point though, ain't not they? They're like organising the defence, um, and then they change the rule right after the final, and so the the rule is introduced for the uh, just prior to the final, and it was changed after the final. So effectively, this rule has been in place for one game. The one game being the Champions League final, where it fucked up <laughs> our chances in the first Are two sure minutes. You sure that changed just for the final? It was introduced like June so 1st that, or something. No, it was introduced season, June 1st. And the right. game was like just, I mean, i double check this. Please yeah. uh, email in at uh, podcast yeah. at thewembleyway.com if I'm totally wrong. Um, but I, my understanding is it was introduced exactly June 1st, that. that that week final. Then they realised it was a shit show yeah, of the decision. Of it, yeah. They get rid of it. And it, it was just like that one game yeah. that it fucked well, everything it car- up. <laughs> carry on the agenda.
1: Carry on the agenda. Remember when Spurs came fourth and Chelsea won the Champions League?
0: look there's a whole podcast on Spursy <laughs> there's a whole podcast on Spursy um Pedro Mendes two yards over the Old Trafford goal line uh being another missing out bar now on... for
1: that which which oh. I do agree but obviously
0: no goal line it's... goal line's all yeah. right
1: that's what I mean yeah other yeah. Than the Sheffield United Villa debacle from the, the oh Lions my god
0: and, and, they, and, and that's that is terrible and uh, up, um, absolutely yeah Insane. but but Insane. I, I think there's,
1: there's there's definitely um bigger errors where the same the same two instances happening are almost identical and because the referee is given a decision one way so two two tackles go in that the referee give, referee gives a red card in one instance and not in the other and therefore var come out with different conclusions because of the clear and obvious rule i just don't understand that mm. surely you just have to make a call on whether it's a red or not um, mm. for instance um anthony robinson uh, last week against Chelsea for Fulham. Went down to 10 men for a tackle uh, where he was sort of a little bit out of control and he, and he, he studs us up. Uh, although he didn't actually make contact with had put a with his left foot, who's is actually his other foot, but it was out-of-control out type thing. Uh, referee gives a red. VAR, okay, yeah, that's fine. It wasn't clear, an obvious error from the ref. And then you've got Luke Shaw going in against Burnley and that tackle on, uh, I think, I remember, mean, I oh, know it wasn't Robbie Brady, who's the one who made the foul after, someone else on Burnley. And the referee doesn't obviously give it in real time. Far look back at it, it's, it's literally the same sort of action from Shaw mm-hmm. with Anthony Robinson and you've got two different decisions. Um, and then you've just got general inconsistencies, um, it, it sort of, I guess generally. So that, remember that Andy Robertson penalty that he gave away against Brighton's sort of last minute, where he tries to clear the ball and he kicked the bottom of Welbeck's foot.
0: Oh yeah. 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 yeah one, one. A,
1: yeah. It was given yeah. as a penalty. And then, yeah. and then, um, there was one like a few weeks later where, uh, Chilwell Kicked, uh, who was it, or kicked the bottom of, oh, I was against Leeds in that game. Uh, okay. A pervader oh,
0: yeah.
1: came on, he kicked the bottom of his foot, um, and to be fair, pervader didn't actually go down, but it doesn't matter, um, and VAR looked at it, and it was literally the same decision. I just don't get it. You can't, it's just, again, I'm going to pick on referees, but I just think the, ref, the standard in referees and the people sitting in the room just making any decisions are just so poor. So, uh, for me... Changing halfway through the season, yeah, it's not great, it's not fair, but far worse of a problem is the rest.
0: Yeah, I but, buy that. I think goal line's great, as we've mentioned, goal yeah. line tech. I think because um, um, there's so, so uh, subjectivity in football, adding a layer of technology in between um, being var uh, and still ending with subjectivity and uh, arguments, and it seems like we talk about. <coughs> these decisions more than, than we ever used to, yeah. uh, I think to do away with our personally, just stick back to human error, which um, other than the goal line, everyone was relatively okay with. I mm-hmm. mean, when the ball's gone over the line and referee doesn't give it, that is infuriating. It's black and white, isn't it? It's when yeah. it's on the screens, um, Lampard against Germany, insane. Pedro Mendes at Old Trafford. Um, but That's yeah, fun. there's so much subjectivity in football. Uh, ambiguity in, in decisions, you could watch something from two angles and have a completely different opinion on it. And as I say, yeah, uh, the technology doesn't seem to be solving it. So just do away with it. It makes it cleaner. We talk less about it. Um, we, do, we, we make do of human error in everyday life. Let's just put up with it in football other than goal line technology. That's fine. And uh, we'll have a better game for it anyway. Um, so we are, we've been going on a while. Mm-hmm. Let's move quickly on and swiftly. Um, to what we're calling the match spotlight, we might change the name of these features. Um, yes, progress. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm working. For match spotlight. Um, the spotlight of the match of the week. Jingle there. All right. Yeah. So the the game this week, um, we thought um, the game that jumped out to us was the Leicester Chelsea game. Um, big tie. Chelsea need the win. Yeah, I think
1: um, after the Fulham game, getting back on track with a win there, narrow win at that against ten men, but. This would be a really big test against a good Leicester team. I think um, I don't think it's going to make or break Lampard's career, but I think if we if we beat Leicester and get back on track, we're, we're firmly back in that top four race. So, uh, it's a big test for Chelsea. Um, Leicester, obviously, have been playing very well this season. And the Rodgers, as they did last season, they sloped to right at the end though. So, it'd be interesting to see whether they can keep up their, their good form as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, a player to mention, for Farna at the back has been rock solid. What a signing. One of the signs of the season, season for uh, in the entire league, really um and madison in the last few weeks has stepped up as well starting yeah. to convert his chances um pushing for that uh england spot which we'll get on to later yeah. um it would be interesting
1: yeah. with Chelsea and what Lampard's decided to do because uh he's trusted um Pulisic's ZH wingers at the moment haven't really been firing Callan door has been been uh on, on very good form so it'd be interesting to see whether he plays and and what he does with Werner, Werner has been pretty diabolical recently, so does he does he stick with him and, and give him some faith or does he does he stop him for Giroud or Tammy? We'll see.
0: Okay, predictions. What do you reckon?
1: Um, I don't think we're playing well enough for me to warrant a win here. I'm, ho- I'm hoping we will. <laughs> Obviously, uh, I think I'm going to go for um, a 2-1 Leicester.
0: I was thinking the same, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, I was thinking 2-1 or 2-0 Leicester. Um, This, this You're same. going to have to yep. something different, aren't you? I'm going to have to now. Yeah. Straight in. I'm going to go uh, first next week. <laughs> 2 0 Leicester.
1: Okay. It's pretty damning, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Spurs fan knowing it. So,
1: yeah. uh, Maybe I'm just being pessimistic.
0: That's yeah. it.
1: Trying to cover my back if we do lose. I predicted it.
0: There you go. So yeah. that's this week's match spotlight. So we're going to be honest with you, we actually recorded a match spotlight for Southampton and Leeds. Um, we recorded it last week and it's since been postponed. So we recorded Leicester Chelsea instead, uh, but we liked the conversation we had about Leeds um, after uh, that initial match spotlight. And so here it is. Yeah. As you alluded to it there, Leeds are obviously very entertaining. Um, everyone's second favorite team. Obviously uh Belsa's really... Um, popular anyway, uh, due to his links with Pep and Poch, the, you know, the godfather of attacking f- football, all this kind of stuff. Um, but was, what was, um, uh, grinding on my gears as it were, was yeah. The, the, the hipster love in for them, no matter the result. So it'd be, they're losing three nil at Spurs and the commentators are literally oozing over how risky uh what the risks they were taking even though the risks weren't paying off and we kept catching them in just outside their own box (laughs) and scoring from it and it was like so you know uh, it's not i don't think it's naivety because belsa knows what he's doing it's it's just a um it's a it's a commitment to a style of play no matter what and that will work it will keep them up um because they'll dominate against the lesser sides although they just did just lose to brighton so that's my point that's my point down the drain but um, I think they'll then get caught out against the top teams um, and horrendously slow. so. So um, I think uh, they'll be saved because of it. It's hmm. just when they've been saved maybe a couple of years and then the management and, and then the board want to progress. Um, do they pump loads of money in? Um, hoping that with better players the style become more successful Probably would be the case. Yeah. Uh, but do they is a the risk of Belsa? He never sticks with any, uh, he never sticks anywhere long. Um. Or yeah. Or they just uh, hire someone who's maybe a bit more pragmatic.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, it's an interesting one. I do think as their squad gets better. I mean, at the moment, who would you who would you take from their squad? Uh, for your own. I'm team, really impressed
0: with um, who's the the winger? Is it? Like, is it Henderson?
1: Oh, Harrison. Yeah, Harrison. Harrison. I knew. Uh, I knew um,
0: Henderson wasn't right. I was like, New it's York not City, right. F- FC. Mate, he's. Uh, he's, uh, he's yeah, I'm he's really impressed. Very good. Yeah, I agree. Very I, I
1: good. Really good. Um, I, I just think the yeah as like as they get a better squad and better players, clearly the, those risks that you talk of will pay off. Um, I just think the blind following of the is a little bit, a little bit naive. I, I do think there's games a season where they could have, um, tried to shut up shop a little bit more. I know it's not his style, but but um, at the very at the very least, it would help their goal difference. Um, sure. like the Spurs game, United six two, I think it was. Yeah, um, and, and people are saying, I oh, well, they're twelfth or whatever. They, well, I don't know what they are now. Maybe a little bit lower than that, but mm-hmm. they're doing so well. What do you expect from them? And and they could be doing better. Like, surely you want them to be doing better. What, what's the harm? I think they've lost all, all of these games against big teams, barring City, um, when City weren't really firing as well. I just think they they could push on if they if they had a bit more of a pragmatic approach in those in those games against the, against the good teams, but um. Yeah, I agree with you. They'll, they'll stay up. I think maybe, maybe actually, my gripe is probably the commentators and pundits actually, rather than Bielsa in the style. Fair play to Bielsa, who's sticking to it, and and he's, yeah. uh, and he's sticking to his style. That's fair enough, I guess. Um, that's that's what he wants to do. It's more it's more the pundits and, and and who are just commentating on their like enjoyment of the game rather than any tactical uh, awareness or, or 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 sort of comments on how our team can improve. It's just oh, we we really enjoyed watching that. Yeah, that, they must they must be great. Sort of you can you yeah.
0: can extend that point to uh, I think um, after the Spurs Arsenal game, um, Sunes was
1: yeah uh, when he talked about Spurs yeah. going on
0: yeah. going off on one rather yeah. about um, how talk- boring Spurs are yeah. uh, under Mourinho and if Spurs fans are happy. I, I can confess that we certainly are happy with beating Arsenal and especially even in, in, in even in the way that we did it. It was almost like. Um, we're you know, holding their head, and they're just swinging, missing every single time, um, effectively. And the fact that we meant it very deliberate, uh, surrendering the ball, uh, for me was the perfect game plan. We won the game; it was yeah. consequently the perfect game plan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I compare that in the same way with, with their their take on leads, in that it does seem the, the entertainment value for a, for a pundit, for a journo, seems to be paramount rather than the end result. But then they're the first people to um chastise a manager if they've lost three on the bounce yeah. so it's like what one what one is it
1: yeah exactly
0: anyway all right wicked so that concludes our epl focus um moving on um towards the uh latter end of the the episode we're going to look at england the england national team uh initially we thought it best to look at uh, some england youth players we've uh, i've got listed here foden what's your thoughts on foden really kicked on this season
1: uh, he's absolutely class. I think I said it about eighteen months ago that he'd be he'd be one of the first names in my England squad. And that was quite obviously premature at the time, but I just think he's absolutely class. It, it wouldn't matter for me if he played zero minutes from now until the summer. I'd still pick him. I'd still start him for England. Think start think him? Yeah, absolutely. Giving <laughs> giving the game away for later on, but I think he's I think he's, uh, I think he's uh, absolutely uh, brilliant. I think There's he's, a
0: slight confusion that he is. Replacing Silver at City, I don't think that's the case. He's he's he's, he's more forward than City uh, than Silver rather. He's he, he yeah. pushes slightly forward. He's more of an eye for goal. Mm. Um, he's paid he plays out wide sometimes. Am I right? Yeah, quite a um, lot. Yeah. yeah. So he's certainly a bit more maybe dynamic in that final mm-hmm. third. Um, Silver obviously unbelievable player, but just was slightly deeper, was not he? Yeah. I think um, Froden could play
1: the, the deeper role, which is where he's always played in his youth. I just think he's maybe still, he maybe grows so up big, into play. that it's bad, role. It's playing anywhere yeah. at the moment. I think that, like I said boy, they've got. They've got uh, De Bruyne and Gundogan who are obviously both playing very well in centre mid, and then they need Fernandinho or Rodrigo sitting behind them. So at the moment, he's, he's pushing him out up, further up and wider because he's got the qualities to do so. I mean, he's keeping players like times Sterling, Mares, uh, Bernardo Silva out of the team. Uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's uh, absolutely brilliant, and he would be one of the first names on my team sheet.
0: Yeah, I was watching a video of him who did like a was it was it like a was it a Cruyff, and then he kind of. Sc- I don't know if he, and then he span with the ball like yeah, stuck yeah. to like his foot ju- just on yeah. the bar line it's insane the, the guys uh yeah there's a very little uh yeah there's not a lot of english players to compare to him technically um especially in midfield
1: yeah like you said okay. he's got products as well
0: now so that's right um so uh, the second of three youth players we're going to talk about is uh i've got greenwood down um it's interesting greenwood he the uh during the what's it called project restart as they they tried to finish the, the end of last season he was he played unbelievably he, he was starting um he, i can't remember the i haven't got the stats in front of me but he, he was scoring a lot of goals as well everything he hit seemed to go in maybe it was just one of those uh purple patches which weren't a true reflection on his current ability but rather uh perhaps a, a, a what's the word like a uh What's the word? Like, it's showing us what potentially could. Uh, sorry, his potential. It's showing us what he could grow into.
1: Yeah, I disagree with that. I don't think it's a purple batch. I think, I think he's very good. I think, I think he's one. I haven't seen many players who um, are as both-footed as him and are so clinical with both feet. Like every chance he has, he seems to score. Uh, I saw a video of him a while ago, and um, someone I know sent it to me and said, "What foot is? Uh, what's, what's his strong foot?" And there was all his goals he's scoring with his left foot. And he took a, he took a free kick with his left foot. And then the next minute, as a free kick with right foot, and he scored. And I was like, "What? Not many players have that ability." Um, I think he's, I think he's very, very good. I think he'll, he'll be a big player for England in the future. I, I do think that if he doesn't play enough for Man United at the moment, he's not playing enough for Man United. Um, if he doesn't play enough for them from now until the end of the season, I don't think he'll get picked. Just given the the, the experience and quality we have in those positions, um, yeah. but I th- do think he'll be a big player for England in the future and, and probably Man United as well.
0: One for the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it'll,
1: so. be, it'll be an like team for the World Cup now that like we look at in, in four or three years' time. And it's yeah, completely yeah. wrong. Where like you've got like Jack Rodwell <laughs> in there.
0: And... <laughs> I always remember that. When was that? Um
1: That was after we lost to Germany, the Lampard goal.
0: So was that two thousand
1: twelve? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or ten. Maybe twenty ten. Uh
1: well, it would have been technically Yeah, Cup. of
0: course, because yeah. of how it all works out. Yeah, because yeah. I remember we looked at the newspaper clippings and it was uh, like, oh, I think, no, um, who's city, the City the city centre midfielder who Michael doesn't Johnson. play? F- yeah,
1: Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson was in there, wasn't it? I think Mika Richards was in there. Uh, like Mika Richards experience. not a terrible as shout. It didn't do Well, no, do but right. that, was, that was like as, a, as an experienced player. Yeah. Some of them were great. We'll have to dig that out for next week, maybe.
0: Well, uh, another one to go in that team then uh, for the World Cup most probably, uh, Hudson-Odoi, one of your boys.
1: Yeah, I really like him. Um, I I don't think he'll make the squad. And the reason I don't think he'll make the squad is one, because we have Sterling, Rashford, Breedish, people like that who can play in those positions out wide. Um, I don't think he'll make the squad, not because of his quality. I think he's, he's good enough to make the squad. I think he won't make the squad because of playing time. Um, for some reason, he's not getting played enough. He's, play, he's not going to play So enough, he can, he
0: can not be played, but Foden, even if he doesn't play another game, will start for England, in your opinion.
1: Yeah, Foden's that good.
0: <laughs> Foden's and that the, good. So Hudson-Odoi isn't quite there yet?
1: Uh, I, I don't think he's, he's shown as much as what Foden's shown so far. Um, yeah, I, I agree I think, I think with Hudson-Odoi, I mean, we've scored eight goals since um, in the mid-end of December, I think Chelsea have. Hmm. Uh, he's only been on the pitch. He's been on the pitch for seven of them. So he's only scored one goal when he hasn't been on the pitch, and bearing in mind he hasn't really started that many games, um, and and comes on late to make it to make a difference like he did against Fulham the other day. Um, in my opinion, he should be starting every game at the moment. Um, Pulisic is is struggling since his since his injury, and who uh, uh, I really like Pulisic by the way, he's really struggling. And Ziech has obviously had an injury and just come back as well. So I think Hudson and If he were to play, again, if he were to play from now to the end of the season, I think he will be in the squad because I believe in him. I think he's that good. Uh, Over who? I've got no idea, by the way. Um,
0: We've got an abundance of riches up there now. Especially if you consider Greenwood for the World Cup. Um, Rashford, Sancho. Yeah. Harvey uh, Barnes. Harvey Barnes. I like him. That's good.
1: Um, Yeah. I I just think he's not going to play enough from now till the summer to to borrow a place, which is a shame because he's a a match winner. He's, He's a great player
0: and now it's time for our final uh, feature of the podcast it's getting on so it's best that we uh, yeah we do this hastily this is the uh the part of the show where we talk about the england squad um we're not going to cover the entire squad the entire 23 that goes to uh the euros but we are going to talk about the first 11.
1: so i'm going off of um, where we're at now and how players are playing obviously fitness as well um, so players like Joe Gomez, obviously injured and hasn't played for a while. So I'm not not selecting him. But so in goal, I'm going to start with Pickford. Um, I do think that Jordan, uh, Jordan, Dean Henderson is a better goalkeeper than Pickford, but he's not playing uh, for Man United that much, apart from in, the, in a few of the Cup games and Champions League games. So Pickford, he's done he's been there and done it for England. He's not great for Everton, but he's he's, he's been OK in an England shirt. So I'm going to go with Pickford. I'm going to go with a back three. Um, which Southgate seems to be sticking with, so I think that's probably what he's going to do. It's going to be Walker on the right of the back three using his pace to cover the the other defenders. I'm going to go with John Stones in the central of the back three, uh, playing very well. Um, Played himself back into Pep's plans, really. Uh, Everyone thought he was gone, so uh, I would have him in the middle and I would have Harry Maguire on the left. Um, Maybe a tight call between him and Mings. Um, but I do think Maguire having his leadership there and his set piece ability, and he can bring the ball out from the left as well. He's done it plenty of times for England before as well. So that's my back three wing backs. Probably one of the hardest calls actually in the team. I think on the left side it's pretty settled for me. Chilwell, um, I'd have him at left wing back. On the right, I think I think you have to have Trent. I think we have to have Trent, just given what he's done for Liverpool over the last couple of years. Um,
0: it's close though, isn't it, between him and uh, Reese James, obviously.
1: Yeah. And, and Walker. Yeah, but...
0: but obviously, yeah, I know you're having Walker uh, tucked inside. Yeah, but of course. He's, yeah, he mean, makes a case for that right back role as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, James is running Trent very close um, as a Chelsea fan as well. That, that probably pushes it even more for me. But I think just at the moment, it's just about Trent. But if James carries on his form and, and Trent carries on his um, sort of lack of form, I guess, at the moment. Then, then there's definitely a chance of James going in there. And uh, sort will of honourable mention, I suppose, is Trippier as well, who's, who's um, going under the radar, obviously, recently even banned, but I think he's been overturned uh, or at least suspended. Yeah. Um, he's played every game for Atletico this season.
0: I actually think um, a, a wing-back role could suit him. He obviously hasn't got the legs, but in yeah, that final third, in that final third yeah. or latter half of the field, his delivery, for example, is unrivaled, uh, maybe with mm. James in the team and trent, <laughs> and trent. <laughs> oh god yeah, <laughs> why, why have you got so many good right backs
1: <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i think i'm, I'm gonna say trent but, but very very close behind is james so that's my back five or back three and wing backs if you want to call it that um i'm gonna go with a with a two midfield um southgate seems to sort of have like that double pivot but the players i'm gonna pick can be fluid and make it into the three uh times as well so that's three part of the reason i'm picking these players um, so the two in midfield, I'm going to go with um, Rice and Mount. Uh, I think Rice is is very, very good, um, getting better every game he plays, turning into a leader, getting better with the ball as well. I think, he, I think he's a dead certain to start, if, if I'm honest, in, in my opinion. I think Southgate really likes him. Same with Mount. As a Chelsea fan, I see what Mount does week in, week out. Um, I think he's unbelievable, can do everything, can play deeper, can play higher up, can tackle, press, shoot, create. Um, so for me he's in there um, it's a tight core obviously Henderson with experience and probably vice captain for England but I do think the energy of Mount in there alongside his mate Rice uh, is perfect then the reason I'm picking this player is I think he's absolutely class and I've said that previously even if he didn't play another game for Man City I'd still pick him and probably start him, that's Phil Foden so I'd have him on of on the wings um, probably on, on, the, on the right wing cutting in on his left but as I mentioned before, with that two midfield, he can easily drop in and have him and Mount as two eights and Rice sitting behind him deeper, so it sort of keeps it quite fluid. If, we, if we're not if we're losing the, the, the possession in the game, we can sit three midfield and and, uh, and move the other winger who is Sterling in my team uh, up, up closer to Kane. There's more of a two up front, which turns it into a sort of three five two at times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sterling, I think, is close call. I think Rashford's got an argument to be in there as well, but Sterling uh, for me is is, is Level above, I think, uh, and the striker picks himself, really didn't they? Absolutely dead cert to play, uh, and that's Ings. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, obviously we're going to go Harry Kane. Uh, up from. Yeah, uh, I don't think I have to. I don't think I have to talk about him.
0: Now you got me there. To be fair, um, okay. Um, so my team slightly different. Um, I've gone for a different formation as well. Uh, I've gone for four at the back um, with. Yeah, 4-2-3-1. That's what I've gone for. Just yeah. I've listed the names. I just have to figure it out in my head there. Yeah, uh, so in goal, um, because it's the Euros, I think it's, it'd be quite nice if we could, you've kind of introduced maybe a player that is quite young, but uh, you would want ready for the World Cup. And so maybe they can shake that um, those kind sort of major tournament cobwebs, if you will, um, during the Euros, ready for the World Cup. And that, for that reason, I'm going to go with Henderson in goal. Uh, yeah, you're chucking him in, but he's played a few times for United, and I think if he gets a few more appearances, I do think Pickford's a bit of a liability. He's so aggressive. Um, I, know, I know all keepers have a bit of a crazy edge to them, but um, yeah, it's it's been proven disastrous at times. I Remember when um, he ran out? I can't remember who it was. What centre back it was, but he ran out and got confused with his centre back. It just exposed the goal wide open. Where Sanders clipped it in. This was at Goodison Park a couple of years back, um, and most recently like. Uh, what's the word, injuring uh, Van Dyke as, as horrifically oh, as he did? It's that kind of erratic, erratic uh, nature which I'd like to avoid? Yeah, it's, it's,
1: always, it's always in no man's land for me. I, I don't. I, I picked. Pick, I don't think he's a particularly great keeper. I just think nah. it, because he's he's trusted by Southgate, I think he'll be in there. But, but uh, imagine if you rate, if you rate Henderson Henderson? Nice. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I really do. And I think it, he, I think for me, I would, I would be trying to pick him as long as he plays enough for Man United, but.
0: Yeah uh, yeah. So my, my like position is even if he doesn't play that much more, I play hopefully he would play more.
1: <laughs> uh yeah. he
0: probably needs to play a bit more. Uh I, I do concede. But um I think imagine getting him in there as a Euro, in the Euros and how much better would be um yeah in the World yeah. Cup psychologically experience, having that yeah. experience. Um anyway that's my case for Henderson. So for the back, Walker again experience this one's experience. Um mm. Interesting. Stones, Maguire, and Chilwell. I think Walker, um, obviously we we know about what he's good at. Athleticism is insane. He's also, um, proven at City, um, not to be, uh, I mean, he's, I think he's shaken the, uh, I suppose we used to call it brain farts, but I'm not, not a fan of the term, if I'm honest, it's kind of like, uh, He'd do want one mistake a season and, and it'd be like a terrible mistake. But it does seem to be reducing those over the years uh, at City. And that's why I think- yeah, uh, it Still, still have a few penalties, to be
1: fair. But, but yeah, I know what you mean.
0: I think I it's still mean. probably the most dependable right back we've got. Um, dependable is a very deliberate term as opposed to maybe creative, uh, talented maybe. Maybe not even the most talented, but dependable. Um, and I don't have to make my case for him that much. Uh, he's, he's proven it at City time and time again. Um, it's just, obviously, we've got Trent and Reese who are incredibly talented behind him. But I like the idea of Walker, Stones, Maguire and Chilwell at the back as a four. Quite, I mean, I, can I, quite think, easily. I, think,
1: I think a four suits Chilwell better, I agree with that.
0: And then um, in the two midfield, I would go for Rice and Mount, um, similar to yourself. In the three in front, I would have Sterling on the right, Foden in front of effectively Rice and Mount, and then Grealish on the left, like he does for his club. And then yeah. I'd have Kane sitting up top. Well that obviously does mean Kane probably won't be drifting backwards as he does for Spurs into those positions. But I think um I think you've got to start Grealish. Um thinking about it quite a bit last night, I was thinking you've got to start him in the current form, he's in. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I say, allowing Sterling, Foden Grealish sitting behind Kane. Um kind of Shaw is our best players on the pitch. You can make a case, United fans that like Rashford should be there as well. I think our attacking players, we've got some great options there. But yeah, as I say, I think uh Rice Mount, Sterling, Foden, Grealish, and then Kane above in a yeah, a four, two, three, one formation. Um mm. yeah, I'm looking at Walker now. <laughs> I could quite easily have any of those uh, three. I think it is three. I wouldn't include Trippier, um, yeah. Walker, Trent, or um, James. But I think
1: for, for maybe, me, for me, I think maybe if going for. Go so I think if we're going to play four at the back, I, I, I wouldn't be picking Trent. I know he plays there for Liverpool, and people make that argument. But Liverpool have all of the ball. They press so high up and win the ball back so early. Mm. England won't do that as well as Liverpool do. So for me, I think if you're going to go for a four at the back, it, it's Walker or James. Yeah. Um, and I think you talk about sort of being dependent and, and James literally hasn't put a foot wrong from what I can see. Obviously, a penalty against Tierney, but for me, that was, that was a dive anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he's, he's in with a massive shout if we do play four at the back. Um, but you can't even know what Trent's done as well, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah. Alrighty. that's our first 11th for the euro henderson on either team uh (laughs) well we both know we both know he's gonna start we both know he's gonna start (laughs) Um, vice captain i think of england well it wasn't that during the last squad anyway um obviously achieved so much over the last few years um is needed in that liverpool side As, as good as they are and the quality of players i have around him he is needed to add that authority um, Ooh. that drive, that the connection. Energy, as well, isn't it? Yeah, energy, the connection with the fans. You know what I mean? It's got that kind of like, he's there, Gerard at the moment. Um, yeah. and I think they're better with him, which is a huge compliment, as I said, considering their squad when they're all fit. Uh, but no, I think, um, like I said, looking at the Euros as a, a testing bed, maybe more reason to have James instead of Walker. You then have Henderson, let's say James, um, Rice Mount, Foden those kind of players just uh, yeah. yeah, getting ready for the for the, the big one in a couple of years time mm. uh, in Qatar. So yeah, brilliant. That's our uh, England first 11s for the Euro 2020 held in 21. And that concludes our podcast, Series 1, Episode 1. How do you think it uh, went, Nick?
1: <laughs> oh, that bit could have been better, couldn't it? Um, no, <laughs> I, think it's been, I, think, I think it's been great. Uh, really enjoyable to speak with you about this sort of stuff and uh, long may it continue.
0: Yeah, we kind of, obviously we've known each other our whole lives, but because of the pandemic, we don't see a lot of each other and we end up just arguing on Twitter or WhatsApp about football. So we thought, let's just record it on uh, I, I my little website. So check it out, thewembleyway.com. But uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I'm sure hopefully... I'm going to
1: be a few, a few uh, of those arguments, documented on here as well. Soon, yeah. So. And also, and we've agreed on quite a lot of things, haven't we? So it's been a bit strange. A bit annoying, actually. actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you don't agree with us as a listener, Please get involved. As I say, email us at uh, podcast at thewembleyway.com and uh, we'll we're, we're introduce your p- opinions on the pod as well. And that, as I say, concludes the episode. So uh, if you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to our feed, whether that's on Spotify, Apple, or Acast. You could leave us a five star review, share us to your friends, uh, follow us on Twitter at thewembleyway, and remember to check out. Um, the website for the latest England squad power rankings um, at thewembleyway.com. So Nick, what's the power rankings?
1: Our power rankings are, um, is essentially our squad and and the strength and importance of the players in each position. So we've got got it segregated out into goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders and forwards. Um, And essentially the the top of the, let's say goalkeeper list, it will be our most important and most likely to start. Uh, goalkeeper, and similarly for the defenders, midfielders, and attackers.
0: Um, And on on that note, uh, you can actually check out the website, thewembyway.com forward slash power dash rankings, to see the current, uh, as I say, uh, power rankings for the England squad. Um, At the moment in in goal, Jordan Pickford, Pips, Henderson and Pope. Um, The rest of the the pool of English keepers are there also. Uh, Defenders, Harry Maguire is at the top of the Mm -hmm. defenders power rankings. Midfielders, Jordan Henderson. I love how Henderson is at the top of our power rankings, yet neither of us chose him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think
1: nice. it's maybe it says something about the realisticness about the teams we've chosen, and uh, uh, and, and Henderson probably is going to start in there. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe, I think maybe it's
1: his leadership thing.
0: I think the uh, I think our teams are our heart, and the power ranking is the head, mm. and Jordan Henderson is the probably the uh, most uh, yeah most warranted as the number one midfielder um in terms of the power rankings and then finally uh, the forwards harry kane of course number one so yeah check out uh the power rankings on the um for the rest uh of the players and and see where they lie uh, that'll be updated throughout the weeks so that's what um, that's the whole point really so you can check in uh on this on this page throughout the epl weeks and see how it changes um warming up uh, to the summer tournament where hopefully the power rankings reflect what southgate goes with um so yeah as i said you can check that out on com. And that's it. We promise you it is over now. So <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, that's goodbye from me. Yeah, goodbye from me. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye bye.